0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to this. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. The Egg Chasers Ruby podcast without any music. But regardless, it is still the podcast. It doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Uh, in studio... To my left is Philip Logan. Hello, Philip.
2: Hello, Jonathan.
1: And down the line, all the way in the shipping container, which is well snowed in, isn't it? Isn't it encased in permafrost or something? It's Tim Cocker.
3: Hello, JB. Hello, Phil. Yeah, in Hendon, in the TMO shipping container. Uh, by the way, the music has just been uh, postponed. The music will hopefully <laughs> be played again very, very soon. But yep. No official confirmation on when the music, the theme music, will be played.
1: Yeah, well, there is a story behind our lack of theme music. Me and Philip went for a few beers on Friday. Well, actually, quite a lot of beers. Um, <laughs> One or two. Yeah, a couple of beers. Nothing nothing too excessive from 11 o'clock until three in the morning. And um, during this time, we lost my bag, which had my laptop charger in it, with all of our sound effects. So we're on a borrowed laptop today.
3: Right. Uh, just just to be clear, you mean 11 a.m., yeah? Yes. 11 p.m till 3 a.m wouldn't be that impressive (laughs) just just wanted to clarify
1: yes exactly mate exactly
2: uh to be even more clear i really only joined in about uh 5 p.m because i was at work for the rest of the time Mm.
3: so were you on your own in that in that intervening period jb
1: no i was with a, a couple of our mutual friends we did our secret santa it was all
3: uh it was all very good fun lovely lovely how... Well, I'm feeling very uh, wintry and festive at the minute. When yeah, so... I look out of the, the hotel room into the snow. I was gonna say, how has your week... how has your weekend been? Um lots of travelling and lots of watching rugby, not as much working on rugby as I'd anticipated. So um, Saturday Saturday in Newcastle. Wow, you went to tra- Miles tra- and then travelled down from Newcastle to northwest London. Uh, yeah, only to find out on Sunday morning, well, by Sunday lunchtime, that the Saracens game had been postponed, which was very, very disappointing. Yeah, and
1: also completely, completely the wrong call as well. But never mind.
3: <clears throat> well, we can we, we, we can we can definitely talk about that. And well, and just what? to put it in perspective, it, the, the time now is what, We're, what nine forty, something like that, on Sunday evening. Yeah. I still don't know what is happening at this moment in time with. The Saracens Claremont game, which I still believe may be replayed tomorrow, so I'm oh, is that right? kind of yeah. Don't know what. Don't know what the plan is. Mm. Wow. What, so I imagine. I imagine there's some very very. Um, I'm imagining the kind of conversations that are going on behind closed doors. Probably different people with different opinions or agendas or points of view. Tell you what, there is a obviously, lesson here. Isn't can't there? be agreed.
1: There is a lesson here, isn't there? That the rugby calendar is so condensed now. Yeah. That anything goes wrong at all there is no tolerance for any failure pretty much. That there really is so I was looking at this. So the 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 quarter
2: finals of the Champions Cup are meant to be played on the 30th of March. Mm. There are two free weekends in between uh now and then in Saracens calendar and their England weekends for the Exactly. the 4th and 5th rounds of the Six Nations.
3: Now I seem- there, is, there is also the potential of the as they did with if you remember because the Anthony Foley Foley death they replayed uh, a game and I think that was in the third weekend in January or the towards the end of January there is a weekend but that is again an England training camp weekend yeah. so Eddie Jones would be within his rights to say sorry Saracens you can't have any of your England players Yep. Yeah. which is all of them
2: yeah uh, which that is not acceptable to Saracens and. Um, Claremont would lose a significant number of players as well so it's not going to be uh, acceptable to them mm. and then the only other option is to move and it would probably have
1: to be one of the uh, Premier Rugby games one of the Aviva games well if you remember I think Saracens sorry not Saracens I think Sail Sharks obviously you have got to talk about <laughs> Sale Sharks had to move their game with Bath in order to fit in the fixture hang on that doesn't make sense because it is Yes. how Yeah. Why did Sale have to move their game? Because it was Munster versus Rossing.
2: No, there was another uh, game.
1: Bath had one postponed a oh, couple of no, years it ago. it will I tell you what it was. It was the Paris shootings. Ah, uh, with
3: yes, that's correct. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and that affected. Yeah, you're right. But the, the the difference with that one is the teams involved didn't make it to the knockout like Bath Sale didn't make it to the knockout stages of Europe, which meant there was suddenly a, a couple of extra weekend. free weekends.
1: Oh, Ooh, this gets rather tasty. Interesting. So
3: I, I suspect <laughs> Phil's call may be right. that if Well, we'll we'll wait and see. Even in the course of this podcast, I may well get a message. But it's, I mean, is it going to be behind closed doors with no fans? Is it going to be with fans? I, I, I have no idea at this point. Yeah, well, so, the thing,
1: thing is, Tim, there's only one thing which is really important, though. Will you get paid twice? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Do you know, I don't... Um, that's <laughs> Right. Uh no comment. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh
1: why? Sorry, this borrowed laptop has just in decided to inform me that my antivirus is out of date and now oh no, it's still working. Why? <laughs> why is, <laughs> is this is this the laptop that had the meltdown uh a while ago? It is the very same one. Uh oh. Uh oh. Just keep keep an eye if it decides to start updating. Oh, don't. <laughs> so, look, um, if anyone's interested, and I think it is a worthwhile campaign, particularly around the festive period, hashtag justice for Tim. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, you don't need to feel sorry for me. It's fine. No, yeah, <laughs> um... no, justice for Tim. And make sure you uh, include BT
1: Sport on, on, uh, on the tweets. <laughs> Stop it. Stop
3: it. <laughs> Stop it. So... Um... Yeah, we've got loads to talk about this weekend. Yeah, look, I love these European weekends. Oh,
1: I do as well. I mean, I tell you what, this one has been a bit weird, though. I mean, the doubleheaders are usually very exciting, aren't they? Because what you've got is some teams which are really, like, clawing to stay in the competition. Then you've got the guys that really want to you know, strike, strike out ahead. And for whatever reason it is, this weekend, it hasn't been the normal flowing sort of rugby you'd expect. But it has been a gritty scrap all weekend. Well, there's been some flowing rugby. Who are you referring to? Uh, Maybe flowing is not
2: the right word. It wasn't a gritty scrap. The Ospreys-Northampton game.
3: Uh, Do you know what? And and in terms of flowing rugby, you will not find rugby more fluent, more eccentric than La Rochelle. Yeah. You're an absolute breath of fresh air. I
1: tell you what, I have not seen that game. I had to go on a um festive steam train today. <laughs> I saw all the games from yesterday. So I'll take your word for it on La Rochelle. La Rochelle. Watch
3: that. If if you if you haven't watched all the games and you just want to watch one, watch La Rochelle Wasps.
1: Yeah. I saw the score, it was monumentally high. Was it forty
3: nine, twenty nine or something?
2: It was exactly that. Yeah. Uh seventy eight points. And
3: uh, if you want and if you want an away weekend to visit a lovely port... You know, it's not a massively happening town, so maybe from that point of view, the uh, the sort of evening night out wouldn't be to your liking too much. Although it is um, where cognac comes from, so right? um, mm. yeah, you know, brand Like brandy is kind of its thing in that area. So anyway, um, but the the atmosphere—it's like the new Toulon. It's it's the most fun I've had at an actual game in terms of a spectacle. The atmosphere is incredible, and also you w- you could say
1: lawn with the new to lose for a little while yeah so what you're saying is la rochelle is the new to lose
3: yeah i guess i <laughs> yeah. am in a roundabout way yeah
1: uh well why don't we start with that then because i've not seen it so tell me about it
3: well i, th- I think we kind of touched on it there phil so, uh, so feel free to add phil but I- effectively la rochelle play uh, an all-court offloading give it, if, if it's remotely on they'll go for it, wherever on the park it is however risky it is and it just leads to it was such an exciting game and they scored some amazing tries and in Bottia, he's a player if if I could pick one player from Europe that I want to see in the Avicii Premiership it is Bottia who is a, an incredible specimen who can play, he was playing an open side flanker for La Rochelle but he also plays regularly 12 and wing I'm trying to think who you yeah. mean though the name rings a bell and I'm sure
1: I'm sure he did a number on was it Ulster? Is Ulster in that group?
2: yeah I'm, oh, sh- I'm the, sure it was like the whole of La Rochelle's uh, pack did a number on Ulster so <laughs> he he was he was one of them but yeah it, it's a very good point Tim so he as a 7 he kind of encap, encapsulates the way that La Rochelle wanna play which is this expansive handling offloading game And just like you said, in the autumn internationals, only a couple of weeks ago, he started at twelve for Fiji, and he's playing seven and scoring tries for fun. Bloody hell! At the highest level of of club rugby.
1: That sounds like the kid in
3: school who was really good and can play anywhere.
2: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It it kind of is. It's brilliant. And they
3: are, and this is their first ever Champions Cup, and they're fifteen points from three games. Do you know what warms my heart on these? cold uh,
1: winter afternoons?
2: Uh, lots of things, but why don't you tell me what you're thinking of right now? Uh, seeing Brock James <laughs> still on the score sheet. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but Brock James and Ryan Lamb? Yeah, I, how? How? <laughs> so, these two, I mean, I thought they were long since done. Yes. I thought Brock James is probably, probably two years ago, I thought he'd... He'd had enough. He's now 36, He recently turned 36. Mm. And Ryan Lamb, about five years ago, I thought was done. And he's just got had this renaissance. Did, Tim, did you see the cross-field kick for yep. the,
1: from Ryan Lamb for the try? Uh, so quite remarkable. This does lead me on to a thought I've had, particularly about Northampton and Ospreys. And La Rochelle probably encapsulate this, which is, and I don't mean culture in the Stuart Lancaster sense, but culture and coaching, and good game planning, is actually more important than than your players. Well,
3: yeah. they've got some good players. Oh man, yeah, and that's a lot yeah, of luck on their players.
1: But you know, think about when oh, Scarlets won the league, uh, the pro the pro twelve last year. Before that, it was Connacht. You know, it's these teams, and to be fair to them, Saracens also have that thing going for them, which is that togetherness and certainty in the way that they play. Uh, and Exeter do. Yes, Exeter certainly do. Whereas Osprey's in Northampton, I nothing.
3: I, yep. th- I think that's a fair point. I, I, I would also point out that it's very, very rare. And in fact, I'm trying to th- rack my brains to think of an example when a, when a team that play like La Rochelle have actually gone on and won anything. They led the top 14 all season and then kind of faded away towards the end. They got to the Challenge Cup semi-final and then had a an off day and lost to Gloucester. So, and also, if you think about Claremont as an example of a side that, yes, they won the top 14 last year, but they've lost in 10 European final finals.
2: Yeah, amazing. Uh, or no,
3: or, or, no, they've lost in a ton of European finals. Yeah, they play, they kind of played not quite the same, but they played that very expansive attacking rugby. So maybe it's great and it helps and it's. But it, how many? There's more examples of a. Of a of a kind of muscular champion than a expansive champion. Agreed,
1: but I mean, would you class Claremont? Not Claremont, sorry, uh, Connacht in that mould when they won the Pro 14 because I I think they played very nice rugby actually. They did play some nice rugby. And and Scarlett's, uh, actually Scotland's probably playing the nicest rugby uh, in probably in the British Isles like last, last year. year. Yeah, yeah, that's not
2: far. That's
3: that's not bad. About... That's, and, that's fair. But it one, isn't one, one the question. top level
1: European rugby.
2: So, no.
3: And no. To link into to link into this. Oh, sorry. It sounded like you were about to say something. Phil, go
2: on. I'm just going to make the point that La Rochelle, it, from what I've seen, which is uh, this game against wass and their demolition against Ulster, I, I, it feels like they can do both. Yeah. It feels like they've got a pack that is big enough and hard enough to mix it with almost anyone, and they've got the backs and the skill uh, to
1: take anyone apart out wide. Now not take anything away from them, but they are in a group of teams that are just struggling to find their identity and find that find their feet. True. You know, what are Harlequins at the moment? Uh hmm. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Well,
2: one week beat Saracens, next week lose at home
3: well, to a comfortable yeah. Before we before we get into the specifics of Northampton, which I'm sure we want to get to, or Harlequins or whatever uh, broadly, this was a all this was six Premiership defeats for English uh, sorry Avicii Premiership sides being defeated. Mm. So, what do we read into that? Personally, I don't read anything into it.
1: Um, I mean, Saracens didn't play Exeter. The only one you can read into really is Exeter. I think Harlequins, Wasps, and Northampton are having horrible seasons by their own standards. So. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year there is no more Malander, no more Dorian West, John Kingston's gone. Um and Wasps will rebuild into a different type of team. So not nothing too much in those right, well, ones.
3: let's let's zoom in on Northampton because Yeah, let's do it. This this was, as you say, the much maligned and struggling Ospreys team handing it to them. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, going back to what I said
1: before regarding, you know, teams that have no identity, no style, they don't know what they're doing. Ospreys fall into that massively. Uh, they're not particularly well coached, but what they do have is a lot of quality up front. And when they get that absolute best team out, and this wasn't their absolute best team—they're missing Justin Tipperick—but they've got a second row, which includes Alan Wynne Jones and Bradley Davis. How bad can you be? You you can win, and they did win. Northampton, for their part, it it's poor. It's really, really poor. And it's not the rugby that concerns me so much, but the Franken's garden crowd not showing up. The kind of almost the sense that that club is thrown in the towel and what we're only in December. Uh, it was It was the rugby that concerned me most. Really? Yeah.
2: I mean, the crowd left after 55 minutes or whatever it was when Ospreys were 43-8 up. Um, it was only really then that Northampton actually started playing but before then they couldn't get now there are mitigating circumstances because Northampton went through four fly halves three wasn't it? Four, well they had four, play, four people play oh
1: yeah because Nick Groom played
2: didn't he? yeah they had four oh. people occupy the fly half position in that game but even when you're on one and two and three they are all quality-recognised fly-halves. Yeah, Milo, Piers
1: Francis, Harry Malander. It's difficult to actually say which one is number one. Well, I, so there's an no old saying in the NFL, which is when you've got two quarterbacks, you actually have none. And I feel the same way about Northampton and the fly-halves. If you've got three... Piers, Piers Francis and Harry Malander are not fly-halves. That's interesting, because I think... They're not fly-halves. I think they've nailed their colours to the master, Piers Francis. That, to me, is the are guy he, they want. A, He's a twelve. I think you might he be might right. W- I think you might be right, but I think Northampton have bought him in as a ten, and that's probably why they're having issues.
2: Northampton, uh, yeah, yeah. I think you're right as well. Um, There's
3: more issues than that, though. You look when you yeah. look at those tries, the minimum expectation, like forget tactics, forget um, matchups and player availability. The minimum expectation is effort. Yeah. And there was a distinct lack of it in some of those shirts. There was one particular try—I forget who scored it—where the, the Northampton tight head prop like brushed the back of a player with his hand. It's like mini; it was kind of mini rugby kind of tackling. It was, I have it was, to, it was, it was absolute humiliation.
2: Yeah, there was there was several of those where just
1: lack of awareness and discipline in defence yeah, and that you know, should be absolute bread and butter do you know what struck me is not so much the lack of effort from the individual players but the lack of team effort so you, you know if you are the tight head prop and you're caught out in, in the open yeah I mean that will happen to tight head props but if he's not got his mate on his inside you know pushing him and you know there's all sorts of other mitigating factors to me it was a lack of team effort rather than lack of individual effort
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that so that but, was, but on the, on, yeah, go for.
2: Sorry, I'm just going to say that defensively was there. You flip it round, and offensively, it was very similar. They couldn't. There was that lack of kind of coordination. No one uh, knows what they're doing. Yeah,
1: it felt like so, no one really right. knew what they were doing. So I know, I know I've said this a million times, but I'm going to say it again. Why they can't defend is beyond me. Defending and being a defender... In fact, I'm going to go one further. Than I've done before. I could actually coach the Northampton defense. And if I couldn't coach the Northampton (laughs) defense, right, I'd find someone that could. I would probably. Do you know what I'd start with? I'd start with one of those veterans that's got blown up in like Afghanistan or somewhere. (laughs) And they now do like inspirational speaking, motivational speaking to companies. Yeah. Start with one of those guys, right? (laughs) Because, you know, ultimately the only message he needs to come out with is uh, line speed and square and connected. That's basically it. Put your body on the line. Yeah. put your, uh, Commit yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> who who better to convey <laughs> that message than an Afghan veteran? <laughs> I mean, I think that is pretty much nailed off um, After that, you can bring down some snakes, a couple of wolves. And if you want <laughs> to sound... <laughs> yeah, if you want to sound fancy, you just give it a, a, a name. You made me laugh once, Tim. When, was it... You described Exeter's... Uh, oh, that's, you Exeter's defences. There was one time... Sorry, go on. a quick press oh you mean line speed rapid advance <laughs> we're, we're going to play a rapid oh, advance yeah. defence yeah 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 so uh, that's that's what I would do I'd, I'd go right now I mean there's loads of veterans that, loads of veterans that won't work so that works well for everyone <laughs> I, I think yeah
3: well I mean it's, it's, it's very very bad times I think that's eight defeats in, in Europe and Premiership in a row now and it's Ooh. Like, there's some very, very concerning issues there. And you you do have to wonder how how much longer can, as you mentioned it, Jim, Jim Mallander and Dorian West, how much longer can they last? Well, it's
2: a good question, that
3: one. I tell you what, I think the most likely scenario is
1: Jim Mallander gets moved upstairs, like sideways or upstairs or something like that. Okay. West has to go. I heard a great story about West the other day. <laughs> one that you can repeat on air? Yeah, go on then. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. So allegedly, uh, when he first met um, when he first met Vic- Victor Matfield, Victor Matfield said something along the lines of, uh, "Hi, lovely to meet you. I'm Victor. If you'd like to, you know, get a coffee and discuss where we're up to with line outs and stuff, I'd, you know, I'd I'd love to join in." Allegedly, uh, Dorian West turned around and said, uh, "Yeah, you jump straight. I'll worry about the rest." <laughs> it's Victor <laughs> Matfield. <laughs> well. If he asks you out for a coffee, you offer to make it. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh,
3: on the flip side, let's try and flip it around from an Osprey's point yeah. of view. There was, there will be um, some adult websites stocking the Go video on. of Alan Wynne-Jones streaking away from halfway, <laughs> yeah. which many Osprey's fans will have some time on their own with.
2: Just to uh, just cut the bit where he gets called back and the try gets disallowed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
3: yeah. Let's just, just ignore that bit. Just before we move on from Northampton,
2: because well, well let's let, it, let us talk about Ospreys a little bit because they they were very good. Um, I I think they were. I, I think, think they I think, were okay. I think Sam Davis. I forgot
3: the name of the chap is it Dan Evans.
2: Dan Evans, yep. the fullback, who
3: he always seems to pop up and do something really positive. Have I have a really contribution
2: he scored one or two tries against Saracens as well he yeah. he, he took these these two tries
1: he took them brilliantly and he set up one for Fanatia as well yeah so in some ways Ospreys find themselves in a worse situation than Northampton because at least they've been teased with the occasional performance they did very well against Saracens yeah. they did very well against Clermont. they did he did well against both of them so you know they can spark into life and for whatever reason it is in the Pro 14 they just don't seem to care they um, yeah, they've
2: not managed to do anything in the the bottom of their their pool, weren't they
1: yeah and, you know with with the with the players that they've got, you would hope a coach could get more out of them than what than what they do, so you know if if Northampton are going to get rid of their coach at the end of the season, which I suspect they will and they should do, Osprey certainly need to look at doing something because it's it's not good enough for either of these two teams, yeah, but yeah, yeah. they played all right they no they played well,
2: they played well, they played well in yeah. this one game, but. If you look at their entire season, that makes it four wins out of 15, something like that, which oh, they
1: are—it's it's that region. They are dead last in their conference. Yeah. I mean, that is shocking. One of the
2: most incredible things, so watching the first 15, 20 minutes, Ospreys gave away. They After 20 minutes, they were on something like eight penalties that they'd given away. Mm. They conceded the yellow card, and then all of a sudden they actually managed to turn things
1: around. Well, you know, it's like... It's like we just said, they have some genuinely good players. Yeah. But, you know, they are are what they are. They're, you know, both teams are an absolute mess, and we're not going to see any more of them as a meaningful force in Europe this this year. That's them done. Not this year.
3: Yeah. Can I chuck in as a little uh, thread something that we saw quite a lot of this weekend? Balls ups. (laughs) Uh, Uh, There was Teddy Thomas. Oh. Uh, which is probably the worst of them, bearing in mind Rassing lost by three points. Oh. He had he, he tried to run the ball around under the sticks and dropped it in the act of going down to put the ball up, put the ball down.
2: Rassing had a couple of calamities because there was that, and then they had two shots at goal in the last three minutes to, well, level it up. Uh, and, I mean, if they'd got both of them, they would have leveled it up and then won it. But... Uh, Neither of them were particularly difficult, and neither of them were successful. Mm. So, Racing will be—they'll uh, be kicking themselves.
3: There was Danny Care's ass to face.
2: <laughs> oh getting yeah, a,
3: so oh, they're getting a cheek cheek to cheek.
1: So <laughs> not in the way you want to be cheek to cheek. So you're a New York Jets fan, Tim? Did I it am. remind you of the butt fumble?
3: Yeah, exactly what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, are You aware of the butt fumble, Phil? I,
1: I am not aware of the butt fumble. Search butt fumble on YouTube, only on YouTube, <laughs> right?
3: Des, describe it for any of our any um, any anyone that's not going to bother doing that. JB. Yeah, it is.
1: So um, the quarterback Mark, Mark Mark Sanchez runs into the uh, posterior of the gloriously <laughs> named Debrickashaw Ferguson, and if you watch the Danny Kerr incident, it is very similar. Oh yeah. my god! I've just watched it. It's... <laughs> oh, but he spills the ball as well.
2: Yeah, and then the opposition just pick it up and and run in. I think they're playing the all. He just runs straight into it. That's not even. He just runs. He just sprints <laughs> yeah. straight
1: into his ass. Yeah, I think he was picked number two overall. <laughs> Whoops! Wow. Mark Sanchez. No, yeah.
2: he was. He was.
3: He was the first round pick. About yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he number two picked, overall, picked, first round pick. He was number six. It was oh, number was six. he? Yeah, but uh, even so, he was a—he was a, an instant multi-millionaire. Got us to a—got us to a, a divisional final. He beat the Chargers.
2: Easily one of the worst plays in
3: NFL history. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. One. So that was a, a major balls up. But Chris Ashton. So it's all Chris Ashton.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's do that.
3: Uh, so. Now, firstly, before we do, if, uh, if you haven't seen The, the, the Balls Up, um, then go and watch that as well. But I imagine everyone's seen it because any other player does this and it's sort of mildly amusing. For some reason, Chris Ashton does it and it's hilarious. hysterical. I don't, I don't, I don't, and he, ca- he capped off his, his horribly uh, shanked kick that was, didn't get out of the, over the try line. Um, and was collected by J- Jonathan Joseph and scored. He capped it off with the ash splash too, as he stumbled <laughs> to the floor. <laughs> it, could have been, it could have been played with Benny Hill music.
2: <laughs> There'll be a lot of uh, other nations rugby fans, so any basically anyone but England fans, and maybe will... England fans now. To be fair, and probably quite a few England fans as well who would love to will love to have seen
1: that. Now, is anyone believing in the hype? Well, not the hype, but in Ashton as a fifteen yet. Uh, I'm not
3: quite there yet. Tim. No. So I believe him as, I believe him as, as a rugby player. Mm. Do you know? That? There's a lot of elements which go into that. So I believe he could play as a rugby player, particularly in attack. I believe you can put him anywhere. But it's such a unique set of skills that the best fullbacks have.
1: Do either of you think that? It's a really smart move. As his pace like declines, you, being able to use his po- a positional sense and you know just that ability to find a ball. Um,
2: I'm not sure he's got the all-round game. Mm. So, positional sense going forward, yes. I mean, if you saw him under some of the high balls in this game, and if you saw his positional sense when some of the balls he let bounce and go into touch in this game, uh, I would probably say no.
3: So we've talked about uh, like some balls-ups and stuff, but let me put someone on your radar in terms of France who could play 15, but looks like he could well be the answer to France at 10. Matthew Jalabert. Watched him for Bordeaux in the Newcastle game. I don't need, need to get into that Newcastle game too much other than to say Newcastle were outstanding, scored some incredible tries, yeah. and their, a lot of their second string and fringe players look the real deal as well. But Matthew Jalabert, this young fly-half at Bordeaux, what a talent. What a talent.
2: So he, he's young French under twenty, something like that.
1: Yeah, nineteen years old. Wow, wow! Fair play to the lad. So I don't actually think the problem with France is they've not got enough talent. I think they've got loads of talent. I think the problem is they don't have any structures or coaching in place. And I'm sure he's I'm sure he's great, but I can't help but thinking if he gets thrown into the French team they'll probably end up like the rest of them. It seems to have <laughs> yeah. that effect
3: on, yeah. on their players. <laughs> Just yeah, like I the rest what of you're them. Saying. And what One thing I did love loads about watching La Rochelle is how it reminded me of old school France when I was first getting into Rugby Union and yeah. watching it. That They play how France used to play and I want that kind of Gallic flair to to return. And if they do that, they could then Mathieu Jalabert could have a big future. But I think you make a good point, JB. Mm.
1: Um, mm. Now, obviously, we need to talk about the biggest game of the weekend with the biggest teams. In particular a team which I'm very interested in. But but before I do any of that, let me tell you about Cornerstone. Cornerstone are our partners and we think the best shave that you can possibly get. For as little as four pounds a month, you can get your lovely engraved aluminium shaft and an accompanying set of razors. Makes you face you've, you've, you've
3: done that wrong. You've done that you've said for four pounds a month, you can get you can get the incredible Aluminium shaft engraved oh. with your initials and six razors in a presentation box for just four quid, not even four quid a month. Oh my just god, just four quid, no obligation whatsoever. And it makes you and it makes your face really smooth, it does, it extra genuinely smooth. does, or, or your other. I mean, if I. I wouldn't recommend using a razor on any other part of your body, but if you were going to and risk that, Mm. you know, Christmas party season, you might think you're going to get lucky or whatever with the receptionist you've been eyeing up all year. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Shave your feet. (laughs) (laughs) Cornerstone (laughs) razor is the only one I would recommend um, letting anywhere near there. But what is more, JB? I mean, we're getting well into December now, aren't we? And this cornerstone Christmas gift Four quid. Secret Santa, your dad, your mum, your brother, whatever. This is absolutely spot on and a beautiful engraved aluminium shaft.
1: Do you know what, Tim? I am so delighted that you said that. It is the festive season and to celebrate the festive season, me and Phil are going to Dublin and then we're going to Belfast. No, we're going to Belfast and we're going to Dublin. These trips aren't cheap and it's thanks <laughs> to you guys buying Cornerstone allowing us to watch <laughs> rugby so
3: you guys don't have to. Exactly. I mean, what more it's do you want? Genuinely a fantastic uh, gift. And unlike some of these other uh, charlatans that are coming on and ch- nicking Cornerstone's fantastic model with plastic razors, get yourself a proper metal one. Do it properly. Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers. That's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or... Egg Tenant checkout. You know the drill. Yeah. Perfect. Also, we're getting into December. Just very briefly, go to our Facebook page, because the Tier 2 tour will be here before you know it. I March know. 10th, 11th, that weekend. Six Nations. We're going to be in Madrid with, well, a couple of hundred, as it stands, Egg Chasers listeners. And we hope you want to come and join us as well. well over 200
1: be. people travelling, though.
3: Yeah, exactly. A, 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 an absolute festival of, of rugby, of um, uh, how, friendly banter.
2: Yeah. Yes,
3: exactly. And, and we res- will not suspend you, you will not get in any trouble if you pour a pint on anyone. That's just <laughs> that happens. How ridiculous is that cricket thing, by the way? What happened? Guy's been... So um so a load of the England players and the England Lions who are like the the eighteen, 18 the youngsters yeah. Yeah. were out in Australia. They they were told, right, you got an evening to yourself, go and do what you want, get out of your system and then we start again, you know in a day or so yeah. we, we we go again Fair. they went out uh duckett was the young guy's name playing for england lions he in a bit of a i don't know whether it was a heated conversation or whether it was banter or i don't really know the, the ins and outs of banter. it but he but he poured a pint on jimmy anderson's head and that is the entirety of the story what so what that is the whole story who oh, oh dear he poured he poured a pint on one of his teammates or one of you know an england player's head and that's it didn't didn't that's it and so he's he, suspended is, for
1: that. oh dear um well uh yeah that won't be happening in madrid so well done uh, ben <laughs> k did uh, t- I, I saw that it was very funny
3: a very funny tweet he said uh uh, in light of uh, recent events, I'd just like to apologise for in two thousand and two pouring a pint on Andy Robinson's wife, um, <laughs> and thank Andy Robinson for not suspending me or uh, or for selecting me for the next game. So just a quick one on that story: they'd already won the World Cup, yeah? Uh, uh, no, two thousand and two.
1: Two thousand two. So before two thousand one no. is the World Cup. Two thousand no, three. Two thousand one was the. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Two thousand one Lions. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell.
3: do you know what the the unintended consequence of all of this is going to be that we get more robotic sportsmen who don't talk to the press or be themselves if we start vilifying people for doing pouring pints on each other yeah yeah i I wouldn't have a job let the boys pour Yeah. yeah exactly Poor lads. <laughs> to Too right. Speaking of let the boys play, we've got to mention Aylesbury Rugby Club, who probably won Twitter for me and Facebook in terms of their the way they reacted to the snow. They have teams <laughs> uh, budgie smugglers, pink ones, and the, the whole team were going out and uh, taking pictures of themselves out in the snow in just their um, budgie smugglers, which is well worth a look. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, there's but... a
1: few
2: other rugby players doing this because Benders did it. Benders? Uh, and Reinhardt, the uh, Northampton fly half both in just budgie smugglers or similar oh, when and did snow angels Ooh, not so, is this
3: a thing that i haven't been aware of then maybe i don't I,
2: I don't know if it's a thing or if it's becoming a thing perhaps but uh very brave for all of them <laughs> to be doing that well
1: phil might do it but i won't be doing it so <laughs> you don't need to worry about that
3: <laughs> but yeah get, get to our facebook page come and join us on the tier two tour For a weekend of drinking of Six Nations, of a live brunch podcast, of Spain versus Germany in the Tier 2 competition and of some very, very special surprises Mm. uh, by World Rugby. Come and join us. Still cheap for flights out there. And we're going to have a really good old time. So, um, yeah, come join us. Absolutely. Right. I've got a game for you. Go on. Benetton. (laughs)
1: <laughs> your beloved benetton your beloved benetton and uh, do you know what they were going to do this they were so bloody close
2: oh i felt so sorry for benetton oh cuz they they played uh 55 minutes pl- more than that with just 14 men yep so and they were leading for most of the game as well
1: yeah so the basically the best player from what i can tell well, from what i can tell of course i know i'm an expert um <laughs> Got red carded, and now I don't want to turn into Tim Cocker here, right? But this was a farce, actually, as are most of the yellow cards which have been given out this weekend. Now, the farce isn't the application of the the law, the law was applied perfectly and expertly by the referee. I have no problem with the referee's decision on this. I have a problem with actual law itself, which is an absolute farce, anyway. The Benetton guy. Gets uh gets red carded. That's Minto. a seven gone. Yes, that that's the boy. And then Benetton just plough forward, playing some really good <laughs> abrasive rugby. Yep, they chase down the Scarlet's lead. They take the lead. Yep. The Scarlet's are done for. Now, at this point, I want to turn my attention to Scarlet's. I have an enormous respect for the Scarlet's team, the way they play, the way that the club has prioritised. You know the squad over over everything else. But I've got to say, boys, and girls for that matter, <laughs> where were the fans? I mean, what more do you want from your rugby club? They've built you a new stadium. They've invested in players. They're champions. They play the right sort of rugby. And you can't be bothered showing up. This isn't Northampton. You know, This is a well-run, well-coached organisation. <laughs> and you can't be bothered. It was absolutely shocking. Well, it's bloody
3: cold, isn't it? It's on the television. From on the Teledy. Do you know what, Tim? Like, I'm a oh, Welsh. No, toilet. Toilet, or is it television? Don't, no, no, to- don't television. know. television. Don't, don't oh, speak wow. Welsh.
1: Um,
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Welsh.
1: I am Welsh. They claim that they're the most passionate rugby nation on earth. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, there is something deeply and systemically wrong with Welsh rugby at the moment. If you can't get people out to watch a team like the Scarlets. Believe you me, if the Scarlets w- were playing in Stockport, I'd go and watch them every week, as I guess you would as yeah, well. Yeah, I would
2: I would watch. If there's a team playing that brand of rugby with that many international players mm. playing uh, reasonably close to where I live, I'd be watching them all the time.
1: I mean, I can only imagine that... I, mean, I guess one of the reasons is the terrible coverage that the Welsh press gives rugby in general. Um, but... Yeah, really disappointing that the fans couldn't be bothered going. And if you're a Scarlets fan, have a long, long think about your actions, and then go and watch Scarlets next, um, <laughs> next week, or the week after that. It's not good enough.
2: But Scarlets did eventually, much to my frustration, because I was that I was rooting too. for your beloved Benetton. Yeah, as well as well my top. But they they scored two tries in the last five minutes, to including well it was Steph Evans one try and one assist, so a little bit of magic from Steph Evans just to sneak it
1: Sco- but Benet- Benetton still got two points out of the game but mm. they did deserve more I feel the sky coverage of this game was pretty poor as well because throughout the whole thing they were talking about Scarlet's chances evaporating in the European Cup that is true but it also would mean uh, that oh, how, how am I going yeah they also completely wrote off Be- Benetton's chances and if they won with the bonus point which they're on for they're in it simple as that yeah that doesn't fit with the narrative though. No, it doesn't. They they decided the narrative before commentary had started, and you know, <laughs> yeah. that was gonna be it. Um I, Scarlets were like Scarlets for about 90 seconds, and that's well, all it took.
2: They looked like Scarlets for the first five minutes and the last five minutes. Yeah. And that, that was because it was it was two tries in the first five minutes, two tries in the last five minutes. Uh, besides
1: that, it was Benetton's game. <laughs> yeah, do you know, um I would say that Scarlets looked like a team that didn't want to do the hard, the hard stuff. They weren't interested. And it's a testament to how good they are as a team that they could turn it on when when they needed to. I mean, I think yeah. that's a real sign of a quality outfit that as soon as they need to you know, pull something out, they can they do did. it despite playing horribly for 70 minutes. Speaking of uh, sides pulling out quality when they need it,
2: let's talk about the final game of the weekend. Exeter-Leinster. Wow! Yes, let's
3: wow. talk about that one.
2: Now, I hate to say that I predicted this because I didn't want to predict an extra loss, but I just felt that Leinster were going to be a bit, a bit too powerful, and it. I kind of feel like it came down to that. It was Sexton getting Leinster in the right parts of the field, and then just the that pack. That pack out exited Exeter. That's exactly at... what I was going to say. I mean that that try, it the Jack Conan try in the seventy first minute, which was after forty four phases, which was it was so reminiscent of the try I think Waldrum scored in the final against Wasps, against Wasps, which was after something like thirty four phases. It was almost a carbon copy of that try. I like. Exeter, it must be sickening for Exeter to watch what they do just be done that little bit. It's only a a few percent better, but that little bit
1: better by Leinster. Completely agree, mate. Um, Yeah. Uh, The worrying part about this, I guess, is that it should have been more to Leinster because they had a try, a clear try disallowed. Uh, I thought one of them was in touch, so I I was happy with that one. Uh, the second one was clearly a try and was ruled out because of the wrong question as far as I, I'm concerned. The the thing I would also say is that both these teams basically negated each other for large parts. I thought Exeter played the better rugby and the more effective rugby. I even think that Exeter had the beating of Leinster, particularly in the middle of the park. There was one uh, phase of play where Exeter had five or six dominant tackles, over the game line back to back to back, but when it counted in like the tight areas, Leinster were the better team, and that's what that's what sealed it yeah i i will see
3: yeah, you're talking about exeter um and the positive in in the sense of they had dominant tackles and that that right there was the issue is there was they could not get their hands on the ball yeah that's and... different from dominant tackles though i mean well, no so well, it, no if... no what I'm saying is the fact that you're going Exeter had the better of them because they had they made big yeah. hits in defence. They didn't have the ball, so they were. Yeah. I thought it was. They should have been twenty points down by half time. Oh yeah, yeah. It was actually showed a lot of grit to keep it as tight so, as they did. So,
1: extra. Sorry. So extra in the middle of the park. I thought were fairly dominant. You know that that to me was relatively clear. What Lancer then did, which was very smart, was hoist the ball high.
3: Sorry, what do you mean dominant though? Because I said, you're dominant, saying like, dominant.
1: As in dominant. As in, so... Well, they, like, they dominant they in defence. Yeah, If you watch our game again, um, Leinster do nothing in the middle of the park. They can't spread it wide. Their backs had one of the most quiet games that you'll see them play. But, in fairness to Leinster... Henry, Henry,
3: Slade, Henry Slade had a bad game. Yeah. yeah,
1: he didn't have a great game. But all that Leinster did after that was hoist it up and work hard, chase down the ball. I mean, I've never seen short and woodburn look so uncomfortable under high balls and they looked you know they pressure that's how they made up their territory not through big flowing leinster style moves which is great i mean
3: that's a, you know that's a great game plan um
1: yeah
3: really effective i want to mention don armand again I, I cannot believe this guy is not is not closer to an England jersey i cannot believe it 30 tackles travesty isn't it it is so and, good and, Big tackles. And the criticism that Eddie Eddie Jones gave him when he said, why is Don Armand not selected? He wants him to do more in heavy traffic. was the same weekend (laughs) he scored two tries in heavy traffic against a massive Montpellier team. And he continues to really put it about. I I cannot understand it.
2: Mm. Yeah, I I am also mightily confused about that one. Um, Just one thing. So you mentioned the two... Leinster TMO reviews that they that didn't go in their favour. Yeah, there was one uh, for Exeter that didn't go in their favour, and that was the Cronin yellow card, which the ref he Ugh. gives he gives a yellow card, but says
1: wasn't a try,
2: wasn't a try scoring opportunity because Cronin was in a position to make a tackle.
3: Yeah, which... the, so so it's not a try scoring opportunity. It's uh, the the likelihood is. He would have scored a try. Is the is it is the decision on whether a penalty try is given or not? But I think he would have oh. scored the try. I thought it
1: was quite clear he was going to score a try. If Cronin, if Cronin
3: had... hit him, if Cronin got there, yep. and Cronin tackled him, if Cronin had hit him at chest height, not neck height, he probably wouldn't. I don't think he would have scored. Well,
1: I disagree because I don't think you can make that tackle unless you go head high. So, I don't think
2: Cronin was in a position, and this but, is the point... Which is probably that, why he went head high. Yeah, this is the point that um, O'Driscoll and Delalio were making in, in their wrap-up, was that um, if Cronin goes any lower, then he doesn't stop him scoring, because he, he won't stop Jack Nowell's momentum. Correct. So, But I, I definitely see your point, Tim, that it's not clear-cut, and it's the balance of product uh, probabilities, and it is my argument would be that he would have scored the try but I can equally see the other side of that argument in mean, person I,
3: I, I thought Jack Nolan said, the, 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 the way Leinster dealt dealt with that 10 minutes was yeah imper- in, in, absolutely brilliant
1: yeah. yeah yeah well personally I think Jack Nolan should have got yellow corded because no way should a winger be getting caught by a hooker <laughs> when you're streaking <laughs> streaking in, into the corner it is Sean Cronin though mm, he's very good
3: he is rapid actually, yeah. there, isn't
1: he? <laughs> he is I, I like Cronin a lot yeah um, yeah, it was uh, tough. It's a tough one. That I mean, this goes back to what I said earlier in the podcast. The law is at fault here. That is never a yellow card in my book. Never in a million years. Would you? So would you say no yellow card, but a penalty try?
2: Nope. Play on. I thought you just said penalty try. Though. Oh no, no, sorry. Wait, wait, wait.
1: <laughs> if I'm applying the laws as they are today, okay. Penalty try. Yeah. If I was applying the laws that I want, play on. <laughs> okay. So. You know, that's that's where I stand. There is no way. One size
0: fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
3: Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: You know, like the Treviso red, uh, that yellow. What was the first yellow? Oh, yeah, Harry Williams, that doesn't count. <laughs> um, I, these decisions are killing the game. They're not though. They, they're not.
2: They're mates, not killing the game. They are killing the game. So Leinster didn't concede any points. Well, when the when they were a man down.
1: Well, well, that no. The point, so how how are they killing the game? Well, because earlier on, uh, Exeter had the same thing for seatbelt tackle on someone else, uh, and the, you know when you're constantly blowing up and you're constantly giving cards. And not only are you killing the game as a spectacle to watch because of all the blowing up and stopping, you're going to kill the game because the severity of injury is going to go through the roof as people get more and more concussed. You can't st- I mean, I'll give you a great one. Um, there was a tackle by Nick White on uh, the uh, on one of the Leicester props. Right Now, that sort of tackle I don't think even exists about 10 years ago. When they both you know chop, chopping at the knees. Now everyone's fine. As it happens, it's just uh, j- just a penalty for not wrapping the arms. Yada yada yada. The point is they're, they're attempting these tackles now, head first, at knees, at hips, at all these other Jake. bits and pieces. It's too dangerous.
3: That's why right it's going to kill saying. the game. I, I, but I, no, no, no. But yeah, I, I, I get your point there. But it makes no sense in relation to the Sean Cronin tackle because. What what you just said a moment ago was it ruins he, the game. He, the, the the only way he can stop the try is by going head high. Okay, right? got that bit. So in other right, yeah, fine, dealt with. We'll put that to one side, and then you'll go. But then you're going. I don't want that. I want that to be play on. Yes, um, that's right. You want it to be right. So so then your coaching point is go head high. Uh, do you know what? I, I understand saying. I mean, no, I just... no cards. Let let's step back from this. Let's no cards. However, I would say that that Sean Cronin one, at high tackles, I could be quite happy with penalty or uh, penalty rather than red card or yellow card. I can go with that. If it's cynically done, as you were suggesting Sean Cronin's is, like as in he's prevented a try by going high, I'm a poet and I didn't even know Look, it. Then I, 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 think I think maybe that, that's when cards do come into play. The
1: rugby but... union rules should be very similar to the rugby league rules in terms of the standard and how they're applied. And if that was the case, Sean Cronin's offence is not even an offence. And I know people are going to say, JB, you're so irresponsible towards player welfare. And it's actually the opposite. Just think of the children, oh, JB.
3: But then where do you, where does the line get drawn between uh, this new phrase that's come in, seatbelt tackle and, uh, and, uh, and a shoulder to the jaw?
1: Well, I think there's a clear and obvious difference there. I think the seatbelt tackle is quite passive. I mean, that, that, that's one thing that I would say. I mean you know you've got to have a look at the force. I mean there are other ways to judge it. And just because there is a grey area doesn't mean that you know that, that there aren't two pol- pol- polar opposites. Yeah, and but a single tackle was was and was a never, to to jaw is completely polar- different.
3: There's never polar opposites like you say. It's oh, it's there a is. spectrum. It's a spectrum and what what world rugby are trying to do which I completely agree in terms of growing the game and reaching out to new fans who aren't long term rugby players or understand the game in great depth is they're trying to cut down on the on the nuances and they're trying to cut down on the number of laws. This has and nothing to do with suge- nuances. What, what you're suggesting would well it would because you'll go, yeah. you you have to draw a line between a seatbelt tackle and a, and a forearm and a shoulder and a whatever. I think that's it's fairly
1: straightforward. Well, uh,
3: no. You'd... What I will go with you on is: Do we need to give red and yellow cards for high tackles as, to the to the amount that we are? Yeah, look. I that. mean,
1: we know what a malicious clothesline-looking tackle looks like. I'm happy for that to be a red card. You know, I don't right. want to see anyone concussed. But when you're looking at you know tackles from behind, legal. So, when, but when you're looking from ta- tackles from behind in the seatbelt manner, that's nothing. It, it just
2: shouldn't happen. But then you you come back to this point we've made previously is how do you determine the force well so so do you do you need a spectrum of force
1: yes and i'm glad you mentioned that because that already exists i mean they already consider force when they when they tackle high anyway It's, it's one of the criteria that referees use not in determining whether it's been a penalty or not but they do still use they do still consider force for red for red for red and yellow cards so on that basis just apply that same standard and then lessen the outcome interesting once again i've saved rugby i mean like <laughs> i don't know how many times i can do this but so at some point someone's gonna to have to listen <laughs> <laughs> okay any other games
2: people want to talk about from this week
3: uh, uh there's um a few th- things i just uh, just uh, let me just i've got a little list of things i want to mention not so much games but one has david pocock set a date yet
1: mm, not interested yeah
3: he said uh, he said he won't get married until everyone in Australia can get married. They passed that law, so watch this space. Ah, um,
1: okay, a... tell you what. Uh, so you know, obviously David Pocock um, is coming up with all sorts of excuses not to marry, <laughs> not to marry his girlfriend. Which do you know what? I respect, <laughs> but I just want to know what his next social justice excuse is not not to marry his girlfriend because he's clearly got one got one lined up. <laughs>
3: Simon Zeebo, um his Instagram uh, mess. well no his tri-celebration dance
2: just
3: oh. reminiscent of Alan Pardew um, and but <laughs> but his Instagram post where he took a picture of Peter Armani and CJ Stander it just put loads of money bag emojis yeah. all around it was oh, really which turns- is
2: rich coming from Zebo. <laughs> 'Cause because all three of them could be off to France next season that's devastating that is you know
3: I uh, think no, they can't. But Peter Oma, Oma, Omani or is not going anywhere. Remember Jamie Heaslip when he yeah. was apparently leaving and then got paid and then got a new contract. I'm, I, I am I am pretty confident that Omani is just a, he's probably an agent trying to leverage a, a good deal, which he fully deserves to be paid handsomely. Yeah, yeah.
1: I am with you on that one, Tim.
3: I right, I don't have a problem
1: if Peter Omani up sticks and goes. And the reason I don't have a problem with it is because. If the money's right, short career, yada yada yada. You've heard all, yeah. all all that stuff before, right? But no one, no one no, has a
3: problem with it. I'm just saying, I don't think that it's, I don't think it's in the offing at all.
1: Stander, on the other hand, I can see why this would stick in the throat. Oh, because absolutely! Yeah, this, it's this is, yeah, apples and oranges, isn't it? Between the yeah. two, yeah. Like, if you can't <laughs> offer Omani the right deal, eh, it is what it is. He's done a great service. You know, he's He is Mister Munster. Yeah. Um. Stander. Eh, well, you know, you've stuck with him for long enough. You made him into an Irish an Irish international. and a lion. And a lion, and now he goes. Now he goes. Yeah.
3: yeah. That and where... then and then by, by your by your um by your own uh, views on what should happen in terms of international selection, CJ Stander can go to France and play for them in 3 years?
1: I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, <laughs> it would <was> certainly <laughs> You're
3: joking, right? No, now. I wouldn't George oppose it at Georgia. all. Go for <laughs> it. Well, No, but Oh man, it is. It's, it, 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 it will. It will look, anger me. It, if thing if is,
1: it's Tim. Difficult. Thing is, Tim. Thing. Thing is, it is. If France wants to lower their standards that much, right, that they will pick anyone, that'll be on them. Uh, you know, as we spoke about earlier in the podcast, it's about styles and styles and identities and that sort of <laughs> thing. That'll be on France, and maybe because look at the French team with so many foreigners in it, maybe Forget, they already know the, this. The
3: Forget the French national team in a minute. My issue with project players, like CJ Stander in the first place, is it, dimin- it diminishes what it means nah. to be an Irish international or an English international. It. What you're actually suggesting is just... Station. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, well, look, there are lots of problems. And ultimately, you've heard my views many, many times on this. But yes, I, I am more open to uh, a lot more player movement than maybe the authorities are. Or maybe you are.
3: Okay. He can do what. I suppose to to round it off, CJ Stander can do what he wants, but it will say a lot about the individual if he goes to Montpellier, as is rumoured.
1: Yeah, that would stick in the throat massively. If I was a Munster fan, I would be uh, somewhat upset. Okay. Considering. Well, that's you considering
2: yourself being a Munster fan. How would you feel if. Oh, I don't consider myself a Munster fan. No, no. If you were being a Munster fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How would you feel if you were a Dragons fan? I I don't know. So dragons have been linked to Quade Cooper and also bringing Falato back.
3: Quade Cooper at Rodney Parade is a... <laughs> uh,
1: Do you know what the best thing is about the dragons? Well, it's how upset all the vicious Wel- uh, Welsh fans are. Like down and how passive aggressive that they, they are on um on on twitter it's like they they say the most stupid stuff like oh i'm not upset about the finances that the dragons have got i just don't understand where they came from yes you do you know exactly where they came from everyone knows where they came from but you're one of those passive aggressive annoying twitter bots probably russian um it's brilliant it's brilliant and they've suffered long enough you know i was talking about the scarlet's fans the other day uh, not earlier in the podcast, not showing up. Hey, guess what? Dragons fans have been showing up for a long time. Maybe they do, do deserve a little something. Mm. So good, good for them. And uh, who's it rumored? It's um, so Quade Cooper yeah. and Falatow, George North, and oh yeah, and George
3: North. Oh, of course.
1: Well, George North, take it or leave it. Quade Cooper, take it or leave it. Bloody hell! Falatow is the real deal. Falatow, wow! And all you need to do then is find a seven. How hard
3: can that be?
2: I mean, they've probably got... Phil,
3: Phil, your fantasy draft team is going to be affected by Falatau's injury.
2: My fantasy draft team this weekend has taken a a few hits. Uh, Danny
1: Kerr as well. There's a few others as well. I can't remember. Hold on, sorry. Dolman, out. Can we just go back to um, Falatau second? Yeah. What makes you think Bath will release him? So... They won't necessarily
2: release him. So he's got two years left on his deal. This year and one more. Um, Dragons have said they won't buy him out, but apparently Toulon are interested and will buy him out mm, okay. if he's
1: if he's willing to go there. So the next question would be: Well, why would the Dragons buy him out? No, they wouldn't. Dragons wouldn't buy him so out. So why is he linked
2: to them? Because they would get him for the following year. So they would bring him back, but in uh, eighteen months' time. Sure, if you sign for Toulon it's not on a one year deal though. well no in that scenario he probably wouldn't sign for Toulon he'd see out his contract at Bath I'm with you
1: right so it's not this year it's the
2: end. it could be this year well, it could be for next season for Toulon so, if
1: he's willing to go and Toulon are willing to pay the right price this mystery money which um, the RFU are
3: giving to the Dragons I just don't understand where it comes from um, and there's some private investment as well isn't there from, not, that, uh, the not that I've heard Is of the guy behind Just Eat, is it? Didn't he pay? Oh, really? oh yeah, some, I did some, hear about that. Some He's the guy that basically paid Moriarty's wage because Moriarty's wage is not a central contract.
1: Amazingly, yeah. What? Yeah, it isn't a dual-registered contract or whatever they call it, dual-national contract.
3: Or NCD or whatever yeah. it is or whatever. Why?
1: Yeah, NDC, Why? Think. Because, I don't know, because he gets paid in pizza delivery. I, I got no. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible for a professional athlete, <laughs> but that's what happens. Um, he gets free pizzas, but you just have to deliver a few yeah, on a weekend. Exactly. So you know, that is, um, yeah, that's what I've heard too. So if the money's there. I, look, if I was going to be a conspiracy theorist, right? Do you know who I think the next player is to end up at Rodney Parade?
2: Hmm. Mm. is it someone who's already in wales
1: yes but leaving very soon oh uh, reese webb yeah interesting does that not make too much sense
2: yeah just a nice big dual registered pay packet
1: yeah mm, delicious <laughs> <laughs> uh, i would i would love to see i mean it's bad news for rgc that's the main thing i think of <laughs> because of course, of course. i
3: think mean, that's the main thing everyone that's where yeah. everyone's first thought goes jb <laughs>
1: yep <laughs> there again i mean where oh I, you know i don't know enough about like welsh politics and rugby to actually speak about this with any authority but it does make me wonder if this is successful with the wru behind it what does that mean for the other regions and their independence and do they even need independent regions i i I mean, these are questions that Welsh rugby have been grappling yeah. with for far longer than I've been considering.
3: And, and let's see how this plays out, because it is rumours at this point. And another rumour is that Jordan Murphy may be putting his hat in the ring for the Cardiff job.
2: Okay. Yeah, I've heard that.
3: Um, Which yeah. does, does feel like
2: not the best move. Mm. So it's him having a shot at a,
1: a, a number one job. Is it yeah. the number one job that you want? No. no, probably not. It's a snake pit, there. I mean, the yeah. Cardiff job has to be taken by a Welshman, I think, and it has to be probably someone with a Cardiff background. Probably that seems to be the only way it's going to work. Yeah, mm. or a completely random New Zealander. Yeah, be- yeah. You've either got to be right in with all the politics or completely removed from it. Although Stuart Lancaster was, was linked to that role, was he? Very heavily, yeah. Hmm. I'm not
2: sure I, that's a good just, uh, the
3: only other thing, the only final thing on my list of things that I scribbled down that I wanted to, wanted to make sure got mentioned. Well, there's one thing. There was there was Ryan Wilson for Glasgow. Should he have had an HIA? He was staggering around after getting a front on heading a bad position tackle, and then that sounds like yes, just sort of staggering around when um, Montpellier just walked past him to score a try immediately afterwards. Um, and then uh, yeah, we should point out talking about Wales. Yes, that was Aled Brew running over the top of Toulon.
1: Yeah, Aled Brew had a brilliant, game. amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is amazing. Good, good, good for you, Aled. Well, yeah. well done. Congratulations.
2: Well played, Aled. Just, just with Bath,
1: going back, probably going back to the Dragons. <laughs> probably, yeah. Carries on playing this well, he'll soon deserve Dragon money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just
2: while we're with Bath. Did you see that Bath have been charged for releasing Tulupe Falatau mm-hmm.
1: by Premier Rugby? Yeah, they're very strict on their something.
2: Yeah, they are. So he played outside. He played for Wales against South Africa outside of the international release window, and so
1: Premier Rugby are charging Bath with breaking their uh, regulations. So if they want to take this seriously, do you know what I think they should be doing? They should not only be charging him. Uh, oh, sorry, Bath. Yeah. Okay. They should also be adding it onto his salary number for the salary cap. So potentially Bath get hit twice if they were really serious with it. They go because otherwise it's interesting. Say, yeah,
2: we'll just pay, we'll just keep paying the fifty grand or a hundred grand or whatever yeah. it was.
1: So we'll just build that into contracts. So Premier we'll uh, don't don't think so, boys. Here is a seventy k, and you've breached the salary cap. So that'll be something else as well. That'll be half a million pounds and a five point deduction for next season. Yeah.
3: How do you like those apples?
2: Yeah. That that, that would certainly incentivise
1: them against doing it. One.
3: I, d- I did like uh, the bonus Bruce Craig Twitter accounts reply to that suggestion. Which bogus, just said...
1: bogus Bruce Craig. Not bonus, br- bogus. Oh, yeah, bogus. <laughs> Freudian uh, slip. He what,
3: what is a salary cap? <laughs> it <laughs> okay.
1: never gets old, does it, that someone who runs Bathroom
3: Club is called Tarquin.
1: It just never gets old. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh dear! No, it really doesn't. Uh, we, we should talk about the next weekend's games because this is the double header. Like we say, we got the return. We got the return fixtures.
1: We but, certainly do. All right. Let's do it a different way. Why don't we just say which results we think will be different from this week's? Okay. So I'll run through them in order then. Mm-hmm.
3: So that me, that means remi- Okay. Yeah. Fine. That means reminding myself of what the results were as we go. But yeah. 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 Cool. Go for it.
2: So Friday night, night. Uh, seven forty-five at Ravenhill. Me and JB will be there. Lads,
1: lads, lads, lads.
2: In the bracing cold, no doubt. Uh, what are it, you going to wear, Phil? I, I have not decided yet. Uh, if i are wearing tweed, we'll need a few layers underneath it. Do you reckon? My I, tweed's pretty warm. I think it might be quite cold. Uh, I can um, Ulster hosting Quinns. Obviously, Ulster won away at the Stoop in pretty dreadful conditions this weekend. Just gone. Mm-hmm. Great performance. Well, actually, no. It was a pretty terrible performance by both teams, but it was a good win for Ulster. So, change result? No, I'm, I think Ulster will do it. Give me Ulster as well. Which actually gives us quite a good footing in the group. It's not a bad position. I mean, La Rochelle are going to win that group, but not a bad position to come... For one of the second places. Then, uh, we'll go through. So, Saturday in Pool 3 at 1 o'clock, we have Montpellier hosting Glasgow, which is going to be the same result again. Agreed. Uh, and then Pool 3 at 5.15 on the Saturday. Me and JB are also going to be there.
1: Oh, what do you know? Uh, at the Aviva, it is Leinster against Exeter. Are you there for that, Tim? No. But BT nah. are covering it, yeah. They are, yeah. They are sending, they're sending that. They're sending their B team
3: then. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. They're only sending uh, Craig Doyle and uh, Brian O'Driscoll. Of um, course, they're sending yeah. Craig
1: Doyle and Brian O'Driscoll to Dublin. Yeah, <laughs> of course they are.
3: It's the uh, it's the biggest kind of social weekend of the year. This one, apparently, the the, the last Leinster game before Christmas. Do you know what my,
1: my little brother, who's not even a rugby fan decided that he wanted to go to a game and picked Northampton Leinster when Northampton were really good. Dressed all, dressed all as elves, got, got on TV. And he'll back you up on this. He said it was unbelievable in Dublin mm. that weekend. Are we staying in there yeah.
2: long? No, we're uh, flying fly out of Dublin or training train out of Dublin. We're only there for about five hours. Are we? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, So either of us saying a, a turnaround or any of us saying a
1: turnaround from Leinster Exeter yes I am are you yeah I think Exeter will do it no way come on look it was a close game
3: I, I don't want it want that to be the case just to make it interesting and set it up I can't see it I just cannot see it Ex,
1: Exeter are going to do Leinster and Montpellier will take the group because of it wow I think
2: yeah I can't see it I do. I there's so much I admire about Exeter, and one of those those things is their and Rob Baxter's ability um, to analyze and improve. Mm. I,
1: but I don't think they can improve quite enough to beat. Do Lester. you know what? I don't think they'll they'll do next next week. Their big change is going to be on the wings. So I love the two wings they went out with. I love the ambition that he showed to have the two attacking the best attacking players. I think if Dolman's fit, 100% plays, Noel goes on to the wing, and it's just a shore up uh, underneath the high ball. They won't want to be caught like that again. Yeah, I think you're probably right.
3: I don't think Dolman will be playing. Um, from looking at his... It was a rib injury. I don't think they, uh, they, they tend, tend to be slow <laughs> to recover. Anyway, yep. it's, uh, let, let's move on. Leinster winning that one.
2: Yeah, then staying on Saturday in Pool 4, wrestling host cast. Don't know. Uh, Same. Home. home. It's got to be a home win. Yeah. Um, Racing, who are, again, bottom of their group um, in the Champions Cup. They've only won one game, uh, but I think they will win this. Then
1: in Pool 5, 1 o'clock, we've got JB's beloved Benetton. Now, this is where I think there's going to be no surprise. Um, I think, actually, Scarlets will not be as complacent as they were at home? Yeah. I think Scarletts are going to look like Scarlets. This could be a big loss, actually. I, I
2: also think Scarletts will win, even though Benetton were brilliant for most of the game. But we will be watching. Wouldn't yeah. miss this one for the world. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then also in pool five, 5.30, Bath versus Toulon. Now, mm, Toulon... I'm going
3: for Bath. I'm t- going for Bath.
2: Yeah, Bath have been very good in Europe. Uh, they only narrowly lost to Toulon. And so give me Bath.
3: No <sighs> fallats, no fallats is a big one.
2: That is a big one. But they, they've got other good back rows. They've got Paul Paul yeah. Grants tackle on uh, Paul Grants a good player, isn't he? Yeah, Paul Grants tackle on Ashton to stop him from scoring that how, try. How old is he? He's 30, young. 30 something like that. He's a Kiwi, isn't he? Uh
1: Right, is he relatively new signing?
2: Yeah, last season he played. I think he's former Nottingham. I right, right, I, I'm right not
1: really, I, I don't wish to be cruel. How many games can you really win with, like, Young Wilson and Aled Brewer, Aled who played brilliantly, great, um, and then Paul Grant, and then you know whoever else that they can find to play, uh, Scott Andrews, and then whoever, you know, just add the name. They can still put out a really good 15, but I just worry about the composition of this squad. It, put it another way, I don't think that Bath can do this for, forever. The squad's going to creak. They're not going to win. That's the end of that. Toulon to win at Bath. Okay.
3: They're they're going to sneak it. Toulon aren't great, and they're away from home.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's a vintage Toulon team. Uh, Bath are struggling, um, but give me Bath at home. Mm. Going on to Sunday, back in Pool 1, Wasps at uh, 1 one o'clock this is, Wasps host La Rochelle, which... Hmm.
3: Wasps did... La Rochelle don't need to win now.
2: No. Nope.
3: They're probably going to go through regardless.
2: But they will want to get that top seed. Yeah. Because they, they are in prime position. They've 15 points from three games. They're in prime position to get the top seed. Uh, Wasps did come back quite well to score the... Um, their fourth try, or maybe even their fifth try, uh, in the game against
1: La Rochelle. But I think I think La Rochelle are going to do this. I can't see Was winning it. I mean, they are they have improved significantly. Danny Cipriani's back. That's great. It doesn't mean a lot to them that he's back. Um,
3: just they're just too complete. I mean, can I? Go on. There's there's one thing you just mentioned that this it's interesting. There was um. Uh, die young was asked about uh, danny cipriani's future and about james haskell's future and i i thought the quotes were quite interesting james haskell it was um you know james haskell's contracts up at the end of the season uh what what you do die young's response was what did he say he said you would he just said instantly you'd go to war with with james haskell um Uh, not to say that he will definitely, he will or won't be staying. I suspect he probably won't have his contract renewed at Wasps. But Dai Young said straight away, uh, you'd go to war with James Haskell. Whereas for Danny Cipriani, when he was asked, Dai Young said... Danny's Danny. "Well, Well, no, 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 he didn't. He said... Well, you know, we're talking with Danny, um, but obviously Danny's going to have some great offers, and perhaps we can't compete with
1: the kind of <laughs> offers that he might get
3: from France. It was it was marked in; it was very very different. Yeah,
1: uh, very I different. think the problem James Hassel's going to have is because he is an ex club captain. He's probably on that. He's probably one of the better paid players yep. there. He's really got to justify his place. And actually, those Wasps boys, they've got some good young flankers coming through. You know, it's gonna be a tough conversation for them. I think this yeah. is uh, James Haskell probably the best thing for him
2: would be to go to France or Japan to play for a couple of years. Yeah.
3: He's already done it though.
1: Do it
2: again.
3: There there, there has been some rumours of Bristol, but that would be no. that would be peak Bristol if they that's exactly what No, that's a bad Bristol's, Bristol's issue is
2: Yeah. You'd hope Bristol would learn from these mistakes that they've made in the past, but uh, I wonder if
1: you'd enjoy it in Manchester
2: you get to hang out with you
1: a bit more a lot more probably not even by choice not at the aj bell <laughs> no, no that's a good point yeah not there as
3: much as much as you're working on it with your your complimentary tweets regularly i do enjoy that oh look mince pies at sell sharks this looks nice
1: by the way i think it'd be lovely to go mince pies at sell sharks in fact i'll say now. i miss mince pies at sell sharks <laughs>
3: Uh so
2: uh,
1: are any of us saying a wasps win?
3: I'm saying wasps now, you two are saying La Rochelle,
2: yeah, now, if wasps so wasps they've got six points from three games, they're not mathematically out of it, but it's difficult, so gimme La Rochelle then in pool four uh Leicester host Munster, this is a five thirty kick off the last kick off of the weekend. Okay. I am at this one. Uh I'm not sure Leicester can do this. Now we we didn't really talk much about the Munster game other than Zebo's dance. But oh, yeah. Leicester were so beaten up so well beaten up front. Yes. That Leicester never got the platform for George Ford to release someone like May or Vianu. Um Vianu who's broken his jaw in that head clash. Oh no. So I think that um I think Munster's pack will give them again the right platform to win this game. To so, gimme Munster.
3: Right. Uh, I think Munster as well.
1: So yes, Munster I think are favourites going into this. Uh Tuolangi is on the verge of coming back. He probably will be back. As is Tamua, R- Tamua, yeah, really. Now, yeah. those boys coming back is yeah, Tamua. That's, that's very
3: different. You, you, you were, you were saying previously, Jay, you thought he was out for the season. Nope. Yeah,
1: so, some, never some, after that, to... well, you said he was going to Australia too. He's, he's been, he's been to Australia. He's come back. Oh, Okay, he went over the. Um, you
3: definitely know. said it was you definitely said he was out for a long long time. Pretty sure I'd remember that.
1: Yeah,
2: I remember you saying that as well, so.
1: No, I said he's got a knee injury and he's got a knee injury on the same well, I thought he had a knee injury on the same knee that he had uh major surgery on. So he went yeah. back to Australia to see his original surgeon. I never said that he was out for that long cuz we didn't know. But he is close to fitness allegedly. Interesting. So,
3: uh, I, I I we have had it suggested that we get a um, a whiteboard in the rugby dungeon that we write down.
1: The um, only person that would be embarrassing for Tim would
3: be you. <laughs>
1: the only person you'd be what? The only person that, that would be a problem for Tim would be you, because what is that? because it'd prove my points over. I'm remarkably, <laughs> I am <I'm> remarkably <laughs> consistent. Not because I'm bright, because I'm stubborn. <laughs>
3: yes, you do. yes, exactly. So even in the face of me and Phil saying no, we definitely both remember you saying Matsumu is out for a long, long time. They just haven't said it yet. You're like, no. No, never said that. that. Never saying... said that. Didn't happen. Fake news.
1: Uh, no, no, I said yeah. he had a knee injury and he did go to Australia. So that's, that is That is the maximum news. He is yeah, going to yeah, be back. And, def- yeah, you definitely
3: said that. You definitely said
1: that. when he comes back, it's going to be massive for them. That will be massive. Uh, how long yeah. it'll take those two
2: to gel back into the team. So
1: even if... Well, it does seem to be, doesn't it? Like, every time Tua comes back, he scores immediately and then hobbles off. Yeah. yeah. So that's that... that's
2: five points. <laughs> So it'd be 33 15. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when Johnny Wilkinson kept, uh, he, he kept getting injured and there was, looking back on it now, what people have said is that happened is Johnny Wilkinson would kind of get a little twinge and then he'd be pulled out of the front line and they wouldn't, they wouldn't play him. So he never, he never played through those uncomfortable feelings, which kind of, you have to play through. Mm. Uh, I, I can't remember that being said, but yeah, I, I... Get, no no since, get the point, yeah. since then since then what they've said is actually what the what's that what actually happened is he was just pulled out of the front line at the at the slightest twinge i suspect what probably needs to happen actually when you're recovering from an injury is yeah twinges are going to happen you just have to kind of get your body used to dealing with that and get over it a mm. bit so you've... so i hope i hope they take a slightly different approach with Tuolangi and don't just the slightest Anyway, we'll see. I hope he's back soon and firing.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I think we can all agree
2: on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, then, final two games. So, in pool two, we've got the repeat of the madness at Franklin's Gardens. And that's Osprey's host in Northampton. The loser bowl. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, two teams. They, so, there was a lot, a lot of niggle in this game. There was, wasn't there? So, the last thing you actually need is the repeat of this fixture. Or exactly a week later um, or,
3: is it, or exactly what you do need phil yes.
2: well maybe maybe but so the last game had three yellow cards and one red card i'm yeah. saying i'm saying we might actually see more than that
1: in this game so what is it, what's what's nice two of the worst coaching teams combined to see who can throw away the game which accidentally results in a hysterical win for for, for one of the teams
2: Hysterical win. It, well yeah, because it,
1: because they're so bad at trying to <laughs> game plan a loss they actually accidentally win. <laughs> um God knows what's going on. It's, gonna like, happen
3: it's like, r- 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 like rugby's answer to the producers.
1: Yes, exactly, Tim. Exactly. Uh Ospreys should win this, shouldn't they? Yeah. Uh I think
2: Ospreys should win. Um <sighs> I don't know whether it's going to be brilliant to watch or absolutely awful to watch well hang on, was it a good game to watch? do you know what it was it was a ridiculous spectacle I, I loved watching that
1: game yeah because it was just crazy the problem being one of the things that makes the european cup rugby so amazing are the atmospheres yeah munster was amazing uh, Exeter was amazing scarlet was terrible even though the rugby was good the spectacle was terrible so, if the Ospreys fans come out in force, which of course they won't. Yeah. It'll be great. And if the Northampton fans travel, which of course they won't, yeah. It'll be great. So, we might have a good game, but the spectacle itself will be terrible. Um,
2: Northampton Saints have the, uh, well, the pleasure of having conceded the most points in the tournament 30 more than any other team after three games.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Uh, they have a. A points difference of minus 72 after their three losses.
1: At what
0: point
2: does this get to... Oh, we've spoke about it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 So, Osprey's to win and a, and a lot of points to be scored. And then finally, we get round to our game of the week. Now, we don't have any music this week. Do
1: you want me to hum it? No, no, I won't. Come on. But
3: so, so, so firstly, the before... Well, during this podcast, I have... I've just I've heard that the game it looks like is going to be played on Monday, mm-hmm. tomorrow, tomorrow uh, or today as you're listening to this yep. at Allianz Park, 5:30 p.m. with n- uh, no spectators or spectators. I'm not entirely sure. I think it might be no spectators.
2: Presumably, if if anyone can get there, they'd be allowed in. Why would they do that? Unless it's still a safety concern getting to the ground.
1: Well, unless they can't think... get like match Day
3: officials and marshals and security yeah i think it i think it may be all of that and also also saracens on weekdays don't play um evening kickoffs because the traffic is so bad around they're right near the north circular so you know is that right are you what are you listening sail sharks um (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) hey so saracens have identified that very close to a very busy main road uh, motorway ring road um in a, in a very large city is not a good time to have a friday night kickoff so saracens avoid that at all costs okay. this will be a monday night so that might be part part of it as well so i don't know i don't know there's obviously been very long and fraught conversations because it is you know very very late on sunday nights before it has been confirmed or it, has, it hasn't even actually been officially confirmed yet will it what be on the... tv yeah it'll be televised are you going to do it? it are you doing it yeah Amazing! Yeah.
1: That'll be so bizarre, you know, because well, you'll be able to. I mean, there are quiet games, but you'll be able to hear the players. It'll be quite interesting.
3: Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll have a, we'll have a, we'll understand what it's like for Pro Fourteen commentators to do gigs. <laughs> uh,
1: sort of wow! Do you want to? Before we go, shall we just address the deluge of tweets I've had about what is better, the Pro Fourteen or the Premiership, and does this weekend mean anything? Um yes. Very quickly. Okay. The proof that the Aviva is a better competition than the Pro fourteen is as follows. It's the Ospreys. The Ospreys can completely prove my point. So why is this? The Ospreys played pretty well with a relatively good team against Northampton. The problem is Ospreys are bottom of their conference. The reason at the bottom of the conference is either they don't try or they don't play these players during these during these big games. No one has ever, ever suggested that Pro 14, including me, that Pro 14 teams aren't as good, particularly at the top end, where I think we can all agree they're very good. Yep. But the competition itself is not that good. That's the problem. Yes. Please do not tweet me again with any more. <laughs> that is it. If you
3: call how to... many times have people? How many times have people used the phrase "hobby league"? Question mark. Because it is a hobby
1: league. It's a hobby <laughs> league until they get to
3: Europe. See Ospreys
1: for details. Um, it, this is exa- exactly what it is. It's, it is a. It's much better this year, by the way. It's substan- it, and by the way, it's better last year. It's better this year, and I suspect it is going to carry on getting better. The more that the unions realise they need competitive club rugby, and actually, the South Africans have made a huge, a huge difference. So it is much better but the premier the, the premiership is still the superior league and if you can't understand that nuance please don't please do not tweet me so overall it is
2: 5-4 in the premiership versus pro12 so 5-4 to the pro14 in premiership versus pro12 this season mm-hmm. but exactly the point that you've made that doesn't really tell you very much no Um,
3: game of the week game of the week then next weekend so we're not going to know as we make this prediction how the game at Allianz Park will go it will take away a little bit of something for the home advantage if there are no or very very few spectators but I still expect Saracens to probably put Claremont to the sword um, in that game on Monday
1: if anything it's even more weird for Claremont I mean if they if they were travelling thinking they're going to meet a Saracens team and it's all going to be boiling over and that's how they prepared and then to meet them you know, in a training match type scenario, I think it might even be harder again. So, yeah, you're right. Saracens win. So Saracens win Monday night. The they win both. Game. Do you think Saracens will go to... Yeah, the, if they lose this, it'll be five on the bounce. The Stad That's not happening. And if they lose this, I, they'll lose six on the bounce. I think...
3: Uh, I think both sides will win at home.
2: Yeah, I'm with you, Tim. Saracens... At Allianz behind closed doors and then Claremont in Claremont yeah so go to leo vegas uh leovegas.com put your money where your mouth is but please bet
1: responsibly when the fun stops stop <laughs> no don't i mean <laughs> when the fun... well, no if the fun stops do stop actually no I'm not allowed to actually joke about this am I i don't i've no idea yeah so but... no
3: absolutely gamble responsibly yes. gamble aware and someone uh, someone tweeted me about this
1: uh, like, uh, do you are you comfortable with you know with your gambling message? To which I said, yes, absolutely, because it makes it more fun. But if the fun stops, oh yeah, yeah, stop, stop, stop. immediately.
3: Yeah, yeah. there only, and then uh, only, uh, only gamble what you can afford to lose, so it's fun. Yes, and it just adds a certain something to that match day experience.
1: Exactly. Yeah, if I need to concentrate on a game for this podcast, I'm not quite feeling it. A, l-
3: a did little flatter on one of the teams.
1: <laughs> Soon gets me involved again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> LeoVegas.com. Gamble responsibly. Resp- please. Far, they've got a Please. They've got a brilliant, broad array of different bets. They know and love their rugby. And uh, yeah, our game of the week, we're going for two of us, going for Claremont, and uh, one of us going for Saracens. Take your pick.
2: Please be responsible. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it, gents.
3: Yeah. I think First that's it. One. Excellent. Right, I will uh, I will I will um you yeah, know go get busy and prep for a game tomorrow. So watch BT Sport. Yes. 5:30 p.m. kickoff. Quite an exciting Monday night. It's
2: better than yeah. my usual Monday
1: nights. Yeah. Well, you won't be home by 5:30. So I don't know who you're trying to get. <laughs> No, It's a good point.
3: Free rugby, free rugby. Yeah. Excellent. All right, mate. Bye-bye. Nice one.